Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. We're working through Christiane Northrup's book, Making Life Easy, this month. We started last week with the idea of some of her key principles, if you will, the idea that life goes on, that there isn't an end to it when our, our body finishes its work here on the physical plane. We learned about the life principle. Uh, we learned that our mind is the director of our affairs, and our body is the receiver of those directions, that really uh, what we see and interpret in the world is a result more of our own thoughts thinking and our own emotions rather than what's happening out there. Today we're going to add into the basics of her teachings by throwing in the idea of communications with divine intelligence. Wouldn't it be nice if we could simply rely on something other than our own chattery mind, other than our own ability to figure out something, right? Other than on our own ego self that's always trying to get us to do stuff and be stuff that sometimes feels right, but so often just feels like we're pushing a rope, just struggling against life itself. Well, the basics of what she's trying to teach us today is that inner voice. There is that infinite inner all-wise connection that we can tap into. Now, one of the questions that comes up often, though, is how can I tell the difference between my higher wisdom self, my, my true connection into that all-wise, all-powerful, all-loving spirit, how can I tell the difference between that and that voice of ego? And I think this is a very valid question, a very important question. We've all been in a position, I think, of trying to make a decision and almost having an argument going on in our heads. And please tell me I'm not the only one. <laughs> Fair enough. Am I not the only one? <laughs> I'm looking at some options out there, and one of the little voices is saying, Larry, are you crazy? That's a big risk. Aren't you worried that dot, 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 dot? Aren't you worried that you won't have enough money to finish it up? Aren't you worried that you're not really smart enough or that you don't have the skills to do that? That little voice of fear, sometimes it's even a voice of shame. Who the heck are you to think you can pull that off? Meanwhile, on the other side, I have the voice that says, you go for it. You deserve this other chance. There's no reason why you should not experience this level of whatever it is. How, how do I know the difference. Because sometimes it is the appropriate answer not to do something. Sometimes it, it is the voice of caution that's well heeded. So let me give you the clues. It's actually not as hard as you might think. The voice of your ego, first of all, know that it doesn't want things to change. And it will generally use fear or shame to get you not to change. So if the voice in your head is a naysayer and it's saying something like, there's no way you can pull this off, right? That you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not rich enough, you're not well-educated, you know, whatever it is, it'll play right into any fears of not enough. But generally it will be arguing you down from doing something that would imply a change. Now, how can I tell the difference if it's really something I shouldn't do? Maybe it's spirit saying, this really is too risky. Well, spirit will not 
employ the guilt and shame. It will simply say something like a feeling in your stomach, the timing's off. It'll simply feel like that voice that says, not just yet, not just yet, better wait. But it won't try to use your own feelings of not enough to get you to stop. And typically, your higher wisdom self, of course, sees you in the future as having more love, having more joy, having more peace, having more support. And so typically, the voice of spirit is something that will imply a change. Now, that can be scary, right? Oftentimes, we don't want to change. Oftentimes, we're pretty satisfied with the life is right now. But, but of course, this is cool, right? Because when spirit is urging you or suggesting that things can be better, it also provides the support for getting there. You will have the intelligence necessary to make good decisions. You will have that gut feeling that tells you, I should do this and not do that. I should invest here, but not there. I should ask this person, but not this person. So when you do go with your higher wisdom self, and, and some people portray it as their, their instinct, some people portray it as their intuition, some people literally will go into a meditation or a contemplation and, and literally wait for images and symbols to come to them that will, that will help them. But in any way, those are always, even if it seems more than a bite-sized chunk, the good news is you'll have support with it. There will be that spirit guiding you and bringing the resources you need. So even though the change might seem big, oh gosh, going back to school or moving into a different city, getting a new job, embarking upon a new relationship, these of course bring up our ego in full flame, if you know what I mean, right? You can feel your heart beating, right? (gasps) But just know that it's the ego part that's saying you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, who are you to think you can pull this off? If you really think about the change you want to make and instead there's that urge moving you forward, think of how life could be. This could be so grand. This could be so sweet. When you have that sense, that is spirit urging you forward to be the next best version of yourself. And the good news is everything that you need will generally quickly fall in place to help you implement whatever that change is. The resources will magically come forth. The ideas will be spot on. The people that maybe you need to help you in in some ways pull it off will present themselves. And along the way, you will generally get the signs and the symbols necessary to even reassure you this is the right path. So next up, I want to talk about how God does speak to us literally. So first of all, I would say that English is not God's first language. It's like, you need to know that. It's, it's not that, well, I don't know how to say it differently than that. It's not that God doesn't speak all languages because, of course, God is everywhere and God is everything. But I think the divine often works in terms of symbols and pictures and ideas more than it does concrete words. 
In fact, one of my New Thought heroes, Edwin Gaines, if you've ever read one of her books, she tells about the story when, uh, when really she had decided and was getting the messages from her higher wisdom self that she should go on a speaking circuit. But yet she didn't even have a dependable car to drive to places. And, and one day she was in her hotel room uh, getting ready to speak somewhere. And really her car was on its last legs. And so she was contemplating how much it was going to cost to get a new car, whether she was actually had enough income that she could make uh, payments on the kind of car she wanted that would be dependable and so on. And so finally she just said, okay, spirit, I'll leave it up to you. What I know is in the morning, I will know the answer to this problem. And in the morning she got up, just, just a motel room somewhere in the Midwest, she threw open the windows and she hadn't even noticed that right outside the motel was a billboard. And the billboard was a jewelry company. And although it featured the symbol of a diamond, the words underneath said, you deserve the best. And that was her sign, right? Of course I can get a new dependable car. Uh, Of course I can afford the payments on it. Of course, this is God reassuring me that my plan of being a speaker out in the world is a good plan. Other ways, though, that we can learn to listen uh, to spirit, of course, one of the most common ways is simply meditation and contemplation. It's so very easy to simply ask a question and then sit quiet until pictures and ideas and words start coming to you. It can be as simple as saying, what does spirit see for me in terms of a new job or a new relationship? And if you get quiet especially pictures and images and thoughts will will come into your head. We don't need to wait for a literal voice speaking English, right? Uh, We'll get the feeling, we'll get the message. Thoughts and words and images will begin coming to us. Another thing that we can do is actually our dream work. Who here actually remembers their dreams in the morning? Okay, now this is more typical. I gotta tell you, the first service this morning Everyone raised their hand, and I'm like, this is weird, because that's not real. (laughs) They say only about 20% of the people will uh, just naturally remember their dreams in the morning, but... You can enhance that. You can actually train yourself to remember your dreams. It's as simple as having a piece of paper uh, and a pencil right next to your bedside. And the instant you wake up, just reach over and just write what you can remember. And the first few days you try this, you might remember hardly anything at all. Like, well, I think I was skiing, or it might just be the vaguest impression. But after a few days, what you'll discover is it becomes easier and easier to write down. Now, the reason I'm even talking about this is one of the techniques that she talks about in the book is to ask yourself a question right before you go to bed. And your dream will present the images and ideas and symbols that you probably need to get some valid input into that question. So that's another way that you can really listen to God through, through your dream work. Of course, the other thing I want to talk about is this idea of divine wisdom. And I think to get started there, I managed to find an interesting joke. So an elderly German went to church and asked the priest if he would hear his confession. Father, the old man began, at the beginning of World War II, a beautiful woman knocked on my door and asked if I would hide her from the enemy. I hid her in my attic and repeatedly lied to the SS. 
Well, lying is never good, said the priest, but in God's infinite wisdom, you're, you're surely forgiven. You helped that poor woman. Well, it gets worse, Father. I was an unkind host. I eventually demanded that she must repay me by doing household chores the entire time she was there. Well, the priest thought about this for a moment and said, well, it was a difficult time. Although you may have taken advantage of the woman, you also saved her life. And God, in his merciful wisdom, will surely forgive you. Well, thank you, Father, replied the old man. That is a big relief. Uh, One more question, though. Would God's infinite wisdom forgive me if I've forgotten to tell her the war is over? (laughs) Yeah, I know. But I made you laugh. (laughs) So this idea of infinite wisdom, you know, it's one of the reasons that we want to tap into the divine. It's one of the reasons that it's important to listen to our intuition. It's one of the reasons that we can tap into something more than we directly are ourselves. So we're used to figuring something out using our ego brain. And do you know how our ego brain works? Our ego brain works by analyzing the heck out of something. If you think of like to-do lists and pros and con lists and, well, if this happens, then that should happen. And if that happens, then I hope this happens. And suddenly we're in the midst of planning out the next 35 years in our life when we know gosh darn well that none of that stuff is actually even likely to happen. And yet our brain just engages in this arduous process of, of, well, now if she says this and then he does that, and then if this happens and, oh, as long as that doesn't happen, happen, then I can do this. But maybe I better have a backup plan, right? Because our ego wants us always to be safe. And so then we have a backup plan. And then we have a backup plan to the backup plan. And then we have when all else fails plans and so on and so forth. And it's exhausting. And that is the way that our ego brain tries to resolve issues and plan for the future. And it can only do, of course, what it has direct experience doing. So it's using your past, and this this is real important. I'm starting the quote, if you want to quote me. It's using your past to predict your future. Do you see the horror implied in this? The whole horror of this is you'll never make any progress because you will be making choices based on every bad thing that ever happened to you. And your ego will use all of that information to dissuade you from trying new things. In your list of pros and cons, you'll have a list of 45 pros, three cons, and your ego will make one of those reasons not to do it so big in your mind that you'll end up not doing it anyway. Now, the idea of infinite wisdom, though, of the cosmos is that you are connected into something bigger than your past. You literally are connected into the wisdom of all time. You literally have the power to bring in through your wisdom self, through your connection to spirit, things that you don't know about, things that you've never heard about, but things that are nonetheless within the amazing experience of spirit itself. And you have the power to tap into that if you just quiet down your ego self just even a little bit. 
just own up to the fact that the universe is a universe of possibilities. And that way more of those possibilities than you can normally think of on your own are nonetheless available to you through your intuition, through your contemplation, through your dream life, through all of the different ways that if we become quiet, if we become patient, Spirit will speak to us. And part of this is the, the readiness. A big part of this is setting your intention for a blessing of wisdom. And then typically we would say opening our mind to it. I'm not going to say that. Opening our heart to it. Opening our heart to receiving the messages from divine wisdom. And here's where it may take the form of a billboard. Here's where it might be something that on the surface looks like some weird coincidence. And the more you look at it, you go, wait a minute, a coincidence or an answer to my problem? Right? Haven't we all had those serendipitous moments when the world just lays out before us and the most ugly problem is suddenly exposed as just a sham not even something to be worried about. This is the power of spirit in your life. So far we've only talked for the most part about this idea of listening to God, but what about talking to God? Because ideally this connection, this is more like a conversation. Ideally this is more like a friendship in a way, that kind of back and forth that we have with people that are near and dear to us. And when we can leverage that against the divine, Oh my gosh, the delight in just living every day. So a few thoughts I have. Now there's the typical methods for talking to God, right? Which are prayer and affirmations. And certainly if you come to any of our Science of Mind classes here, you will get some good tips and techniques uh, for learning how to pray in a very effective way, how to build affirmations that are super. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on those. And yet those are kind of my daily go-to ways that I talk to God. And so if you're not familiar with them, uh, make sure that you sign up for one of our fall classes. Make sure that maybe you get some coaching from some of our licensed practitioners about prayer and affirmations because honestly, they will change your lives and it's a very direct connection into spirit. But there are a couple that we don't talk about as often that I wanted to spend a little bit of time today. The first one is writing and journaling. Now, a lot of people find some pleasure in just writing down how their day went or their aspirations. They might write down a journal around what they're grateful for or, or how they view their lives being changed. And whether you are aware of it or not, you're actually having a pretty direct communication with the divine. You're actually setting out uh, whatever it is you're setting out in a way that's making it bigger than just you. You're saying, here is my heart uh, written down on paper. And there's a huge power in that. If you write down what some of your intentions are, it's as though you have a direct line into spirit itself. Spirit will do spirit's best to help support you in those intentions. If you write down what you're grateful for, God will recognize that as the sign, well, and I bet he'd like some more of that. 
So if you're grateful for your loving family, you can bet that the love in your family will be even more magnified. If you're grateful for your job and the, the things that it brings into your life, you can count on that as being even more fulfilled. That which we are grateful for increases. And the best way to show God what that's about is, is in journal form, a, a gratitude journal or some kind of other journal hugely powerful and i don't think we give it enough credit for my part i tend to do just a gratitude journal and again it's right on my nightstand uh, when i go to bed at night i take the opportunity just to write down a few simple things that i'm grateful for but i've seen other people's intention journals that are so powerful they'll write a bit about maybe a career change in their intentions for why they're making that change and how it's going to look and how they'll feel in it and and so on and so forth it's like a magnet i think for those things to really be drawn in the other thing that we don't talk about so often it's the idea of calling upon a part of yourself as an advisor often in science of mind we talk about our connection to god as our higher wisdom self well what if we literally gave a name to our higher wisdom self now i'm not implying that it's any different than you right but still there's a part of you that really is 100% divine, that's 100% wise. And so what if we named that part? What if we called it, oh, I don't know, like our inner child? Or, or what if we called it like my divine financial advisor, right? Pick an area in your life where you'd like to see a little bit of a change, whether it's in your love life, uh, whether it's in your work life, whether it's in your spiritual life, and name your advisor appropriately and then just start having dialogues with it. Now, now my fear is you are, you're all thinking, so he wants me to talk to myself in my head. Thanks, Larry. That's, that's the kind of advice <laughs> that I mean. And so, so, so it's, tr it's true, though, in a way, because what I know about each one of the people in this room, there is a part of you that always knows the right course to take, and if we can actually go into dialogue with that part of ourselves, I think we're only too willing to divulge that information. I think we love ourselves enough not to be uh, taken off track by the ego, not to allow our friends and family to derail us for something that really would be important for us to experience or do. I think that if we get real with ourselves and simply ask, the answer will be there. So give this a thought. Entertain the idea of naming your higher wisdom self, giving it a name and a role, and trusting that it is there for your betterment. Trusting that the advice you can get for it. And I think the way that the reason that this works, or at least that it works for me, is it's a way of getting out of myself and still talking about myself. It's, it's putting that third person. It's like, well, what kind of advice would you give to someone that you loved dearly? And the person you love dearly, guess what? It's you, right? And don't we always give better advice to the people that we love dearly than maybe we give to ourselves? So that's how this works. I'm simply tricking you into thinking of yourself as someone you love dearly. Oh, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> and now you know where we're going with my closure today. Uh, one of the other delightful things in making life easy, kind of a new spiritual practice that she has, is what she calls I am one who. 
Of course, we all know how fabulous and important I am statements are. It really is a way of affirming the connection you have uh, with some state of being that you'd like to have. And so what she says about uh, I am one who statements is that it really moves you into that position of seeing yourself as different first. So often we look at wanting the world to be different. And she's saying, not so much. This is one of those things that needs to come from the inside out. So first we see ourselves different, and then the world will reflect that back to us. So what I have here are a few of her I am one who statements. I'm going to read it once, just listen, and then I'm going to read it again. And the second time, you repeat it with me. Make sense? And I think you'll discover there's a little energy in the room when we do this. I think it will begin ringing true in a way that will open your hearts. So first one, I am one who loves easily and attracts unconditional love. I am one who loves easily and attracts unconditional love. I am one who enjoys their work and is well paid for it. I am one who enjoys their work and is well paid for it. I am one who has plenty of resources to live the good life. I am one who has plenty of resources to live the good life. I am one who enjoys the success of others. I am one who enjoys the success of others. I am one who listens deeply and speaks with integrity. I am one who listens deeply and speaks with integrity. I am one who loves myself. 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 One more time. I am one who loves myself. Don't you feel different? These are very powerful statements. And of course, what you do in terms of a spiritual practice is you find an area in your life where you want to see some kind of a change. And we know that we have to change first. So what needs to change in me? How do I need to be that person that experiences more love or that has the, the nicer job, right? So we simply create a series of I am one who statements showing ourselves as that changed person, the one who's experiencing greater love, the one that has uh, the new job, or the one that has expanded their sense of love in the world, or whatever it is. Well, I want to close today, of course, with, uh, with a prayer and with a tiny bit of homework. So your homework is, are you satisfied with your connection with spirit? So start by asking yourself kind of a yes or no question. Are you satisfied with using your creativity? Are you satisfied with the kind of communication you have with your higher wisdom self? Do you feel plugged into your intuition? If the answer to any of those questions is no, then move on to part two. How might you get a more direct connection? So are you willing to maybe devote a little bit of your time to journaling? Are you willing to maybe spend a little more time in meditation or to try contemplation where you maybe ask a question and wait for an answer? If you'd like to increase that sense of uh, using divine wisdom, if you'd like to increase that sense of closeness to spirit, what might you do to see that fostered? And of course, if you need extra help, uh, do seek out one of our licensed practitioners. It'd be our, our great honor to, to work with you on putting a plan together to see that happen. 
All right, I think it's time to pray. There's one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. Only this one thing, I call it spirit. And what I know about spirit is that it is all there is. All light, all love, all joy, all peace. Truly God in all things. And I know that means me. I know that God is actually working through me, through each one of us, to accomplish the love and the light and the joy and the spirit. It's how things happen. It is God absolutely working through us. And because of this, I know that that communication system that we have is strong. I know that it allows me to use that divine creative intelligence of all time as I make my choices, as I live my life, as I embark upon new ways of doing. I simply listen to that higher wisdom self, that inner advisor, that emotional intelligence, if you will, that so easily guides me forward. I let go of some of the the ego figuring out things. I I let go of some of those grand plans that stretch out for 35 years and may or may not ever come to fruition. And instead, I concentrate on the simple awareness of what's right before me. I concentrate on that idea of God here to support me, to direct me, to provide guidance and influence that higher wisdom self plugged into source and providing me with such grand advice. And so I give thanks for this. I recognize in it God at work. I release this prayer into the activity, into that action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you're here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.